What's up, Las Vegas? I'm here with Ann Rose uh, for Quelling Your Query Conundrum. I said it correct that time. Um, let's get into it. Take us away, Ann. All right. Well, as if you have been watching, you know that this is actually recorded on the same day that we recorded the last one. So hence... Again, we're wearing the same things and you're just going to have to go with it. And uh, yeah, it's because I'm uh, going to be taking a vacation and I'm going to a conference. And um, yeah, so uh, on my vacation, I plan on becoming a potato. That's that's my, I know, that's what I told you. That's right. We had this conversation. We had this conversation. So that's why we're doing all this now. So just roll with us. Uh, I'm going to, oh, before we get started, because we already did this, but we didn't do this, but we are doing this. Thank you everyone for sending in your query letters and please keep them coming. Lane is gonna pop in down below the email of where you can send your query letters to so you can have us take a peek at them and hopefully give you some perspective from our side and what we see when we read your letters. Now, obviously we're taking a really in-depth deep dive of these things. And so uh, it's probably more <laughs> than what most agents are gonna randomly think about when they get there, but hopefully it'll help you, right? Yes. Excellent. Okay. So again, I'm a terrible reader out loud. I'm going to do my best. This one does have some uh, fantasy elements to it. So Ooh. if I pronounce something incorrectly, my apologies. I'm doing the best I can. Okay. Dear blank, I'm excited to share with you my 65,000 word middle grade fantasy title. A fresh twist on Scottish fairy lore. This is the word that I'm not sure. Uh, Elfinia? Elfinia is a magical fairy world, but life is no fairy tale for 13-year-old unhoused fairy Jerdon Silverwing. An exuberant, sometimes reckless actor performing plays on the city streets to survive. Ever since his grandfather died five years ago, he feels isolated, useless, and alone. Thankfully, Jaren, Jaren, oh, Jaren, sorry, did I say Jared? Jaren has one amazing ally, Rubia, who is determined to protect her unruly best friend. But at night in his alley, he hides from the colonizing Seely King who seeks to wipe out his kind, and he dreams of finding the missing parents he hopes are still alive. One fateful night, Jaren finds the shard of an enchanted theater mask the Seelys used to imprison his people's souls in stone. He realizes this could be his opportunity to make a difference, rescue his community, even find his parents. With the help of Rubia and his acting rules, Jaren, Jaren dives into the ruins underground to solve riddles and steal a missing shard in three days' time. As midnight approaches, Jaren is horrified to discover one of his parents is his enemy and Seely blood runs in his veins. But, uh, but when the Seelys capture Rubia to use in a deadly tournament, Jaren must embrace his full identity and perform a spell-breaking play with the Seely actor to free his people and save his dearest friend or the Seelys will seal him up in stone forever. This fast-paced, spell-binding fantasy features a diverse and inclusive cast and is filled with authentic tips for young actors. It combines the themes of, Skyborn, of the Skyborn series by Jessica 
Kauri with the intricate world-building humor and magic of Avatar, The Last Airbender, and The Dragon Pins. Then we have the bio. Avatar, The Last Airbender is Japanese? I, I think so. I mean, I've I've seen some of it. I think that's what it, it comes from. Yes. Um, there is a lot in there. And Seely, uh, so is this, the main character is a fairy, but not really because Seely's are the fairies. I, I know a little bit about Scottish and UK fairy stuff because I used to be obsessed with it. And I know Seely are the good fairies and Unseely are the bad fairies. Yes, I, I, that's my understanding. But now I'm going to look it up while we're, you know, talking here. So, okay. because we're talking about the fairy being 13. So they age, I suppose, like us. Is 13 too old for a middle grade? I mean, it's definitely a tough spot. It's like it's like right there on the cusp, right? Like so it's like mm-hmm. upper middle grade, not quite YA, but upper middle grade. But I think that the disconnect that I'm having here is that the way this character is described is sometimes reckless, act a sometimes reckless actor performing plays on the city streets to survive. So that doesn't feel like something a middle grader has to like those aren't like situations a middle grader is dealing with those feel like more adult situations like does he not have a home does he i mean because he's unhoused so he doesn't have a home so and he has a friend but like is he only taking care of himself like he has no adult figure in his life so that puts him in his own adult kind of situations because now he has to be the adult in his life which kind of takes him out of being the middle grader a little bit. So, I mean, it, it could work in, in, in the context of the story, but I just wonder, like, are these middle grade struggles or are these adult struggles of a middle grader? Does that, I don't know. No, I, I get what you're saying. Cause it, it, the whole tournament thing sort of reminds me of, the Hunger Games and all those other dystopian YA novels. So, I mean, 13 sounds like it's a teenager and being Jewish, that's the bar, bat mitzvah, you're a man, you're a woman. Um, So I don't know. If, If I were to represent this, I would say age them down or age them up. I mean, it without reading the book, yeah, I, I feel like it does have to go one way or the other. Or we have to kind of feel like there's a better setup for Jaren because I'm not exactly sure what he's dealing with overall as his story. Like, is is he is he the adult in his story more or less? Right? Like, so are these adult problems, and he's he's solving adult problems as a child? Um, and will middle graders connect to that? I I don't know. I don't know the answers to those questions because I haven't seen it. Obviously. So those are, those are just kind of the first questions that came to my mind mm-hmm. right away. We want to go on to the, the next paragraph, I guess you would say. Yes. Because we were trying to break things down. So, you know, he has the friend. I think that one is pretty clear that he has this friend um, that, and he has to hide from the Seely King, right? But I guess mm-hmm. the other question is like, if he has this friend, like why does he not live with the friend and the friend's 
parents? Like, why are they allowing, I, I don't know. Like there's, there's that kind of dynamic too. Like if my son came to me and was like, Hey mom, I have this friend. He's homeless. He's living in an alley. <laughs> I'd be like, um, well, maybe we should talk about him coming and staying here for a little while if he needs some help. Right. So yeah. not quite sure the dynamic there. Um, one fateful night, Jer okay. This is where it gets tricky for me too. One faithful night, Jaren finds the shard of the enchanted theater mask of the Seelies used to imprison his people's souls in stone. Like, that's given us a ton of information, right? And if he's a Seelie or uh, his people, why isn't he in stone? Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of information given us right quick right there. And also, how does he find it? Is this a coincidence that he finds it? Or, you know, what other thing happened in order for him to find find something so important, right? Like we like to say that coincidences can get you into problems, but coincidences should never get you out of problems, right? When you're storytelling, because it's just more interesting that way. Um, so, I mean, that's an oversimplification, but still. No, no, absolutely. So I think that that's kind of throwing a lot of information at us at once. He realizes his opportunity to make a difference and rescue his community, even find his parents. I'm not sure how that all comes together with that one sentence. Uh, Jaren divides the ruin. Okay, then Jaren dives into the ruins underground to solve riddles and steal the missing shards in three days' time. Love a ticking clock. Why is there a ticking clock? I, I thought he had the shard, or is he looking for more shards? I am assuming he's looking for more shards. Like, so this must be a piece of it. And I'm guessing he's going to look for more pieces to maybe put it together. Okay. And not to be nitpicky, but when I hear shard, I think gem or glass. Um, but if it's a mask, I guess it could be one of those old porcelain masks. I don't know if they're porcelain, but one of those old masks. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the one, that makes sense. See, the I'm the stupid one. No, no. <laughs> the word shard wasn't the thing that threw me. Like, it says in three days time. Like, and I love a good ticking clock, but I'm not exactly sure why there's a ticking clock. Like, why does he only have three days? Like, ticking clocks are great for conflict. Why ask why? Why? <laughs> well, you have to ask why. These are the yes, questions. Yes, absolutely. So, um, you're right. And then we get to the last paragraph, you know, as midnight approaches, so I'm guessing it's midnight on the third day, he finds out some information. I think maybe we're getting too much information here at the end, because this is kind of giving us some spoilers, which you should save your spoilers for your synopsis. And then, I don't know, he has to use, in a deadly, I, I'm not exactly sure where we're going. Maybe this, it doesn't happen, because now there's a deadly tournament. I think there's maybe just, just too much happening in this particular query to be able to see all of the connecting dots. And remember last week, which was literally maybe 10 minutes ago, <laughs> I mentioned this happens a lot with fantasy. There's so much world building. You don't know what to put in there. You don't know what's important enough to mention. Exactly. So I think I would, if this was me and this is my story, I would kind of pull back and I would get down to those fundamental questions. Who is my main character? What are their goals? You know, what is it that they want? What are their goals? What are, what are the optical, what, what are the obstacles, right? Like what are the things that are standing in the way? Um, and then what happens if they fail? So like, what are the stakes? 
So I'm not, you know, it'll seal them off forever, which is great stakes. Like I feel like this story has really strong stakes in it, but I'm just not seeing how those pieces, goals, obstacles, stakes, I'm not, I'm not seeing the connections. Do you agree? No. And I just want to say, don't beat yourself up too much because when agents have to pitch fantasies, we run into the same problem. And I remember doing, I don't even remember which fantasy. I just remember pouring over a fantasy pitch for days, rewriting, rewriting, trying to figure out what's important, what's not. And it was a nightmare. Right. I mean, and that actually that, that you say that, I think that's, that's a good point because I actually have a book where we have a middle grader who is on his own and living. I actually have it right here because I was talking about it today. So this book here, The Curious League of Detectives and Thieves, right? It starts mm. off with John living in the ceiling of a museum, right? And so he's living on his own. He is an orphan and he's living on his own. And so it does work. So I could be completely overthinking what they are saying here in the opening of this pair of this query letter. So, but yeah, that one was also a little tough to pitch. <laughs> I bet. Fantasy. Fantasy is rough. And that one's not like full out fantasy. There's just some little tweaks about the world and there's talking monkey, you know? So Ooh. if you like talking monkeys, I recommend it. Yeah. Eek, eek. <laughs> is that what monkeys sound like? Yeah, I'll read the book to find out. <laughs> I don't want to have to read the book. I'll just look it up on YouTube. <laughs> you can. <laughs> All right. So hopefully um, that was helpful. I don't know if that was helpful. I don't feel like we were as helpful on this one as we were on the last one. <laughs> I think you have a strong concept here. I think it's it sounds like a fun story. I think you have... A ticking clock. You have definitely you have obstacles for this character. You have stakes for this character. You have lots of things that are going on for this. I think that um, it's great. I think that the pieces aren't quite connecting all the way. Um, I know a lot. I get a lot of middle grade, so I get a lot of stuff comp to Avatar. Um, mm. So that one is a little bit like you're setting the bar really, really high if you're gonna comp to Avatar. So and you're not the only one doing it tons of people comp to avatar all the time so it's something to think about i would definitely look at the pages just to see what it's all about and just to see what the voice is like so but i generally look at pages so i'm not sure would you look at the pages if this was your query and you took on middle grade fantasy lane i hate to say i love fairies i absolutely love fairies so i may have requested the first three pages the first three chapters and the synopsis just to see what the fairies are like but otherwise probably not i hate to say but oh, i love fairies because you don't request a synopsis i request the synopsis. oh you mean to begin with yeah no no not at all yeah i ask for a synopsis at the query stage so i interesting I do. So I get I get all the package information right there up front. <laughs> oh okay Gotcha. But that's a good point. So tip to authors, be prepared. Even if a agent doesn't ask for a synopsis, doesn't mean that they won't ask for a synopsis. So you're yes. not necessarily doing yourself any favors just because you only query agents who don't ask for them because they can come to you and ask for them. So you probably should have one ready anyway. And not to be a jerk, but it irks me 
when I say, hey, send me the first three chapters and the synopsis. I'm excited. I want to read it. I want to see what happens. And people are like, I don't have one. And I'm like, oh, come on. And clients do it too. I'm just like, I want a synopsis. And they say, oh, well, read it. I'm like, listen, man, people are lazy. I'm lazy. Uh, just we want to read. We want to know what happens, man. There's a lot of lot of books to read. There are a lot of books to read. I love that you just put it out there like, no, dude, I'm lazy. Like, I don't want to, I want to know exactly. Uh, and I mean, I guess there is some of that in there. But for me, too, like, I want to see how you're lining up the dominoes as I'm reading. So I can see that, you know, oh, yeah, okay, there's these dominoes. There's this domino. I'm, I see what you're doing here. And then so when you knock them all down, I'm like, brilliant. So that's why I do like a synopsis. Makes sense. So, all right. So that leaves us for, that's our second episode today of Quelling Your Query Conundrums with me, Anne Rose. <laughs> so like, subscribe, buy your best friend a coffee and email us your queries. So if you have a conundrum, we can maybe try to help you answer it. I mean, maybe one thing we could do, like when you send in your queries, if you have specific questions too, you can just throw those in there. Love that. And then maybe we could be even more helpful to all you querying authors out there. So what do you think? Yes, absolutely. Please. All right. So Lane, you can be the screenshot for this episode. So do it. Come on. You should be the screenshot for this episode. That screenshot right there. You pointing like, <laughs> yep, there it is. Okay, whatever. <laughs>